Hey, welcome to Prayer House Online. I'm thrilled to be connecting with you here. My name is Forchi and I'm part of the team here at Prayer House in Weymouth. If you are with us for the very first time, a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you were able to find us and connect with us um, for this episode. We are building up to an exciting time that we believe God is calling us to be doing at this time. It's going to be on the 25th of November from 7pm at Holy Trinity School in Weymouth. We are setting some time aside for an evening of impartation. We believe that God is calling us as a church family to be more than what we are at the moment and to prepare for the amazing thing that he has planned for us and for this community. So the 25th of November. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be teaching and listening to some exciting things that God has been talking to us about. So today we have Emma, who's going to be talking to us about the prophetic gift and what that means and how to carry it. She also talks about some fundamental things that we need to take hold of before going any further. So we hope that this is a blessing to you. Why don't we pray as we jump into this? Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we get together to connect online, to listen to your word. And Father, I pray for everyone listening that this will be such a time of blessing and impartation even now. God, we're not waiting for a special day that we've set aside, but Lord, even today, even in these moments, I pray that you would touch our hearts and you would impart that beautiful gift of being able to listen to your voice and speaking on your behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi. <laughs> um, wow. This morning's been so lovely already. Like Just hearing you all singing out what you felt God was putting on your heart was so special um, and on a selfish note it really encouraged me because I had a really well planned out little sermon about the prophetic it had bullet points and everything it was going to be amazing I woke up this morning and Holy Spirit said Duh, I want you to talk about something else <laughs> it's, it's related to the prophetic but it's just not as bullet pointed and well thought out and ordered as I had it so you have to bear with me but it does tie in with what God's doing in the room today um I believe so Paul had asked me last week to kind of continue the conversation a bit about the prophetic um we I think last week Paul left it at talking about Moses um and how God it was in numbers 11 is that right I think somewhere, Numbers 11, how God um, took a portion of his spirit that was on Moses and put it onto 70 other elders. And there were two men in, that had remained in the camp instead of coming to Moses. Um, and all, the, all of the men, including the two that had stayed in the camp, began to prophesy. And Joshua said to Moses about the two men in the camp, should we stop them? Like, what do we do? And Moses is like, I wish everybody could prophesy. I wish all of you could. Um, and that's echoed then in the New Testament by Paul, who he tells us to eagerly desire the gifts, but most of all to eagerly desire prophecy, that he wishes we all would prophesy. And it's that kind of thought that was kind of just rolling around in my heart this morning. Um, that we, 
I think most of us here, we know what we're talking about when we say the word prophetic or prophecy. You've all, we all know, you know, roughly that it's, it's sharing God's heart for someone or for a place or for a nation. Um, and when it's God's heart being shared, we know that we are speaking complete truth into a situation where we're bringing out the gold of what God sees. Um, for a, it's really like, <laughs> thank you. Um, and that's a really beautiful thing. And I, as I was thinking about us all this morning, like where God is taking us is he's creating a, a prophetic community around us. We already are a prophetic community. I can look around the room and even in my own life, I can see how this place is a prophetic community. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the prophetic heart of this church. Like the the way that Paul and Fortune and other people in this room kind of saw me at my absolute worst and thought, oh, God's all over her, and kind of refused to treat me as anything different, even if I didn't believe them or didn't kind of even yeah even if I still had a process to go through. That in its essence is what a prophetic community is. It's, it's seeing what God has said about someone, about a situation, about a community, about a nation, and it is refusing to lower your standards of how you treat that person, thing, or situation. That is something that we're all really good at doing as a church family, and it's something that God is taking us deeper and deeper into. So, the prophetic then, it boils down to being able to hear God's voice, doesn't it? That's it. Simply, it's being able to hear God's voice. And that is something that's available to all of us. It's not just, you know, the people who get to stand up with a microphone or those really special Christians. Everybody, if you have given your life to Jesus, his desire is for you to hear his voice. He wants to talk to you more than you want to hear him. Like, and once, once you get into that flow with him, he's pretty chatty. <laughs> um, and it's his voice that changes everything. It's the just, once you start learning to listen to him, once you soften your heart towards his voice for yourself first, you kind of, get drawn into this really beautiful adventure because his voice, when God speaks, he creates. So when you're starting to learn to hear God's voice for yourself over your own life, over your family's life, you're starting to connect with who you were always meant to be. You're connecting with the one who created you, who has dreamt you up before the foundation of the earth and you're aligning your heart with him. And it's kind of like, I was trying to think how to explain it a little bit. Um, some friends of mine recently had a baby and the baby's birth wasn't, wasn't great. It was a bit traumatic. Mum had an emergency C-section and they were really worried about the baby. So she was kind of whisked away from her parents and put on this little table and they were working on her. And she was really, really traumatized, really upset, screaming, and kind of, it was horrible. 
And her dad said, he's like, I couldn't stand hearing her cry like that. Even though I knew it was a good sign, she's alive, she's breathed, she's healthy, it's great. They still had to do all these checks. So he couldn't go near her because they were checking her. So he started to sing. And he sang this song that he had sung to her since the day he found out about her existence. Mm. And she heard his voice and her little body completely relaxed. She stopped crying and everything in her started to regulate to the sound of her daddy's voice. And when suddenly the situation she was in, the world she was in wasn't so scary. And they were eventually able to, you know, return her to her mum. She was absolutely fine. But that is such a picture of what the prophetic does. It's such a picture of what happens in us when we start to hear God's voice for ourselves. We're not, God is not a God that's distant. He is the most loving father. He's the closest friend. The Bible tells us, he's like, I no longer call you servants because servants don't know what their master is doing. I call you friends. Like he just wants relationship with us on the deepest, deepest level. And you can hear that. You can have somebody else tell you those things that God really wants to know you. God sees you, he loves you. It's one thing to hear those things, but when it's in you, when you know it, like you know the sky is blue, that God sees me and he loves me, everything changes. Everything changes for you on the inside and everything around you starts to change too. Um, I really felt, this is the kind of random bit today, (laughs) but I really felt to share it. Yeah, I'll get there in a minute. So we're talking about prophetic and impartation and how when we, we all have something to bring, we all have something to give, right? Like we were talking about our impartation night. Um, I'm trying to think how to phrase what I'm trying to say. So when we start to hear God's voice, when we start to have a revelation of who he is in us for ourselves, it's something that we know down to our bones. We become a walking impartation. We become a walking encounter with the love of God. And what is on us starts to flow into other people's lives. And it will take on a different flavor. It will take on a different expression in other people's lives as they start to receive that that kind of encounter and revelation of God. But it becomes something really beautiful that outlasts us. And I wanted to share, I just felt to share this story to kind of illustrate that point a little bit. Um, Have we all heard of a woman called Hagar in the Bible? Yeah? Okay. All right, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit because my Bible's on my phone. (laughs) Um, So Hagar in the Bible, she's the mother of Ishmael, right? She found herself in a bit of a rough situation. Um, She... So Sarah and Abraham were waiting for a son that God had promised. And they thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's, maybe this baby isn't going to come through Sarah. Maybe it should be Sarah's servant, Hagar, that this baby comes through. Um, So Hagar comes pregnant and then finds herself in a bit of a pickle because suddenly Sarah's not happy with her life choices. And it just all goes a bit skew if because... Abraham and Sarah didn't wait on the promise of God. 
Um, so for Hagar, she was in a not very nice situation at all, and she ran away. And I just want to read to you from Genesis 16. Um, it's quite a long chapter, so I'm just going to skip. I'll skip through, and we're going to go to other places in the Bible as well. So let's find, where are we? And Sarai said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave you my servant to embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her. This is Hagar. And Hagar fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Which I love. God knew where she was and he knew where she was going. <laughs> He's like, what's going on, kid? What's happening? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for the multitude. And the angel of the Lord also goes on to explain what's going to happen with Ishmael, Hagar's son. And some of what he said to her is quite hard, it's quite hard reading if you read through the whole, um, the whole chapter. But what I want to draw attention to is the fact that Hagar came out of that encounter with God, saying, it says this, it says, she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. You are the God who sees me. But she said, truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Beer Laharoi, and it lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. So Hagar, even though she's in a really horrible situation, she has this revelation of God sees me. I've met the God who sees me. The, the translation of Bir Laharoi is either the God, of, the God who sees me, and it can also be translated as vision for life. So in that moment, she met with God. She knew down to her bones, God sees me, God knows me, God loves me. He's got a vision for my life. And she went back carrying that revelation that had become part of her and how she lived her life. I want to skip ahead now to Genesis 24. So this is the story of Isaac and Rebecca. So um, Abraham has decided that it's time for Isaac to have a wife. Sarah has died. And Isaac is really sad. That's where we pick up the story. So um, Abraham sent his servant off to find Isaac a wife. And he comes back with Rebecca, and it's all lovely. Um, and in verse, where are we? Verse 62. It's a really long chapter. 
I just want to show you one tiny little verse. Now Isaac, so he'd been grieving his mum and he was about to step into a new part of fulfilling the word that God had over his family. He was about to become the next patriarch of his family and step into all the promises that God had given Abraham. And in verse 62, now Isaac had returned from Beer Laharoi. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. He lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming, and he saw his wife. Isaac, when his heart was hurting, when he was about to step in to his calling, really, the plan that God had for his life, he went and spent time at the well that Hagar named. He spent time in the place of God sees me, God knows me, God loves me, God has a vision for my life. Hagar, in the middle of a horrific situation that you wouldn't wish on anyone, she carried this beautiful revelation of God that impacted Isaac so much that it became a place that he went to rest in. It was like that, that revelation of God was a comfort to him at really pivotal moments of his life. Um, I think in the next chapter, Genesis 25, verse 11. Sorry, I'm making you skip around a lot. After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac settled at Beer Laharoi. Isaac lived in the revelation that Hagar carried of God hears me, sorry, God sees me, God knows me, God loves me, God has a vision for my life. That revelation from this one woman who, in this story, she's generally painted as part of the mess, not part of the of the good stuff that God was doing. She went back and she became an, an encounter, a walking encounter <laughs> for the affected generations of Abraham's family from that day forward. And the revelation that she had, <laughs> we're still receiving from it. We're still receiving from it today. We're part of God's family. We're part of that promise. All of those promises that God gave Abraham, they apply to us too. But you'll see like Hagar, she, you, she would have taught Isaac and Ishmael, you know, guys, whatever happens to you, always know God sees you, God knows you, God loves you, he's got a vision for your life. You can see that if you look through Genesis and you follow the story, even right up to Moses, you can see how that became such an ingrained idea like it was it became normal for future generations to be like yeah god sees me god knows me god loves me he's got a plan for my life it became so normal that it as israel became a nation it was ingrained into their culture so much so that moses's mother had the faith to put her little baby in a basket on the nile river and trust that God saw him, God knew him, God loved him, and that he had a vision for his life. And then we come to Moses going, I wish you could all prophesy. I wish you could all have 
a revelation of God. And for yourself, that you're not receiving it from me, that you have this rock-solid revelation of God, that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you. He's got a vision for your life. We all, we're talking about impartation, we're talking about the prophetic, and you know what, I love the prophetic. It's amazing, there's so many ways that God speaks and so many cool things he can do with prophetic words and dreams and visions and all sorts of things. But if we're gonna be a prophetic culture, if we're gonna be a kind of greenhouse where we get to, where we flourish into who we are meant to be, and when, and in turn, our community flourishes into what it is meant to be. We need to be people who carry that revelation so deeply in our hearts that God sees me, God knows me, God loves me, and he's got a vision for my life. There's nobody in this room that is too far gone, too messed up, too old, too young. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you are a dream of God's heart that is literally you've been made into reality for this time, this season of life, this period in history. We all have something to bring. We all have something really beautiful to build and to impart to each other. There's revelations that I carry about God that I know down to my bones that, if, that I can share with you with authority because I know it. I know it's true. And it's the same for every single person in this room. You've all got a history with God. You've all met him in places that have changed your life. You all have something really, really beautiful to share about him, to share a facet of his character. And for me, that's what the prophetic is. It's learning to hear his voice for ourselves so that we regulate to who he says we are. And then we carry that revelation and live out that revelation of who we are who he is for us and in us. And it starts to impact our families. It impacts our communities. It impacts our cultures. And it changes nations. Yeah. Yeah. That's the starting point. It's, it's just, for me, that is just super exciting because it's kind of really simple, isn't it? It's just me with God. That's it. Me with God. You with God. And being in a place of, coming into a place of just valuing his word over our lives, trusting that he wants to speak to us, trusting that he does see us. It really does change everything. Um, there's loads more that I had to say along the prophetic, but I'm not gonna, I just don't feel to go there. I feel like today, God wants us to connect with his heart for us individually. And I kind of want to allow a bit of space for that, if that's okay. So um, we all know, I think, in this room how to hear God's voice and how he speaks to us. So he'll speak to us through impressions. He'll speak to us through Bible verses. He'll speak to us through feelings, visions in our minds lots of different ways and it's different for everybody but i just feel that he wants to connect with our hearts now so 
we're going to do two things. The first thing is we're just going to take some time with the Lord and just say, Lord, what is it that you love about me? What do you enjoy about me? And just sit there with him. Just ask him. Just remember that we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And when we ask Holy Spirit to speak to us, he is more, he is faithful to speak to us. He will speak to us. So what comes into your mind, don't dismiss it. It might be like a daft song or like a funny picture. Sometimes, often for me, when God speaks to me, it's usually something a bit daft that I used to dismiss and be like, oh, that can't be God, it's too silly. Like, just don't dismiss what comes into your mind or your heart and receive from him from there. And then we're going to start listening for each other and speaking over each other what we hear God saying. But let's just go for ourselves first. So I don't know if, could you play a bit? So yeah, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you want to speak to us. I thank you for your love for us. Jesus, now as we as we just quiet our hearts before you, as we turn our affections to you and turn into your love, how near you are to us. Jesus, would you show each one of us just one thing, one thing that you love about us? Just turn your affection to him. Turn your attention to him and his presence in you. I just say, Jesus, what do you love about me? courage oh, I love your bravery I love your gentle heart some of you might be hearing things like I love the way you hold your, co your cup of coffee on a morning <laughs> I love little these little things about who you are whatever it is just sit with it Jesus starts to tell you some of the things that he loves about you. Unless you feel, as you let them settle. When you're ready, ask him about the person sitting next to you. Just say, Jesus, what do you love about the person sitting next to me? a sense, you might get a picture, you might get 
a feeling of love come over you for the person sat next to you. Just be open to however Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. And then if you're brave enough, tell them. It might just be a word. It might be a sense that you have. There's no rush. And you can't get it wrong. It doesn't matter if it doesn't come out right. Just say what you see or feel or hear and trust God with the rest. This is a growing exercise and it's okay to not do things perfectly. of you that I've been able to share that's amazing I can see people moving around the room and being bold and sharing with each other it's such a beautiful thing I just want to encourage you as we go out into our weeks stay in this place of Jesus stay in this place of just sitting with him maybe make it a new habit sit with him every day Jesus what do you love about me? What do you love about me? It's not selfish to ask him those questions. It's not, um, it's not wrong. He's a good father and he's a friend and he's got stuff he wants to share with you. You're his creation. He absolutely adores you. He wants you to know what he thinks about you. I think as you go into to this week, remember that verse in John, I can't remember the exact place, but it says, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of another they won't follow. What's beautiful about that verse is that in Hebrew culture, 
shepherds actually spoke to their sheep. They had their own individual way of speaking to each individual sheep so that when when they used that to- a certain tone of voice or certain words, one particular sheep would come to the shepherd. It would be a nightly routine that they had and the shepherd would anoint the sheep's head with oil. It would wash off all the rubbish from the day and he would be speaking gently to this sheep in a language that just the sheep and the shepherd had together. So when that verse says, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of another they will not follow. It's so powerful. It's such a powerful thing. God has such a unique way of speaking to you that you will know it's him. And he is so intentional, so personal about speaking to you that you'll recognize him. It's like you'll recognize him in a crowd. You'll recognize him when you're at home alone. You'll know when it's his voice and you can relax in that knowledge. You don't have to be worrying like, oh, what if I've heard wrong? What if that's not God's voice? He knows how to speak to you so that you can hear him better better and more than you desire to actually hear him. All he wants is you to just open your ears. And I think everybody in this room has a heart that's open to hearing God. It's a desire of all of our hearts. So just do that as a little experiment this week and see what changes. Sit with him. Jesus, what do you love about me? And then as you go about your day, turn your affections towards him. Jesus, what are you doing? What do you think? Take him at his word that he wants to be your friend. Friends talk to each other. In a marriage, it'd be a pretty sad marriage if you spent all day next to each other without ever talking or making eye contact, wouldn't it? Same with Jesus. Make eye contact. Chat with him. He loves you to pieces. So yeah, that's it. That was awesome. Um, thanks, Emma. That was fabulous. I just love as well the way Emma brings it into this incredibly intimate context of the family and the family of God and the whole thing. And, and he is the father, isn't he, from whom all earthly families derive their name. And he's doing something which is, on the one hand, it is grand and it is the whole earth. But on the other hand, it's always even in those stories in Genesis it's so tiny it's so much about the family and the individual person responding to him and that runaway slave whose yeah story is awful I'm the God who sees you it's beautiful and even um in that bit of worship when we were singing out that was what um, Martin was singing wasn't it he sees it all he sees you So Emma, thank you so much. I will never, I'm going to pinch that analogy of the baby. That's just so profound. The baby just normalizing and coming into rest as she hears her daddy's voice. God, utterly blew me away that one. Phenomenal. So have a great day, everyone. Wow, what a word and what an encouragement. We hope that that word truly blessed you. If you'd like to ask more questions or grow in your own prophetic gift, please feel free to contact us. 
You can send us a direct message on social media, that's Facebook and Instagram, or you can also email connect at prayerhouse.uk. That's connect at prayerhouse.uk. So God bless you. We are excited about the 25th of November, an evening of impartation from 7 p.m. at Holy Trinity School in Weymouth. Come along. If you're able to bring a friend, that'd be amazing as well. So God bless you. Take care. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.